Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to another Geek Town podcast. Today I'm talking to Brad Moore, who plays cynical detective Steve Phelps um, in Mo Ali's new British action film, Montana. Uh, the movie also stars Adam Deacon, uh, Ashley Walters and Michelle Farley, who of course you'll know from Game of Thrones. He's also just finished filming his first lead role in a movie called Long Time Coming uh, from director Steve Nesbitt, which stars Freema Adjiman from Doctor Who, of course, uh, Stephen Burkhoff, Bernard Hill from Lord of the Rings, uh, Greta Saatchi, and Keith Allen. As ever, if you want any more news or information on entertainment or TV shows and films, come to the main website at geektown.co.uk. Also, at the moment, the Geek Town Awards for 2014 is running. Uh, then you can go onto the website and vote for your favourite uh, TV, uh, movies and games for the last 12 months. And you could also be in with a chance to win a prize worth over um, £300. So uh, go to the website, uh, click on the uh, awards link, and get voting. Here's Brad. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hello. Hi, Brad. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? Where, where are you today? I'm. Um, I'm just at home, actually, just in my dining room. Ah, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. You are you? Yeah. You're in London. I take uh, it. No, I'm in Hertfordshire. How are you? Oh, cool. Yeah, Very nice. Just out in Hertfordshire. Where are you? Um, I'm in Birmingham. So, um, all right, cool. Yes, which is uh, is is kind of nice, but very rainy today. Yeah, so you're you're on to talk about your movie uh, Montana. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell me a bit about the film? Uh, yeah, de- definitely. It's um it's an urban action film. Cool. And uh, it's all set in uh, London, uh, in a fantastical kind of uh, universe, which is based around a, um, a council estate, um, quite sort of uh, downtown. Uh, East End Council Estate, and uh, the actual estate we shot it on is called Poplars, but in the film it's called the Winchester Estate. Right. Um, and it's really, if you think um, Karate Kid meets Leon, 
but with uh, you know with two million pounds as opposed to one hundred and fifty million pounds, <laughs> which I think I think Leon was about thirty million with Luke Besson back then, and yeah. uh, Karate Kid was one hundred and fifty or something. Uh, sorry, Kick Ass was one hundred and fifty yeah. million yeah. quid. Um, is there? And it, I, I, you know, I was really uh, attracted to um, the the script because you've got the kind of council state of Harry Brown, um, that kind of gritty. Um, yeah. You know, um, what's the word? You know, kind of um, f- sort of fighting to survive type environment. Yeah. Um, at the lower class uh, end, and um, but then you have this fourteen-year-old um, boy who literally becomes a, uh, more or less a superhero in a ninja outfit, <laughs> um, taking down the bad guys um, on this estate. So um, the actual universe uh, that the film lives within um, is quite unique, really. Um, and, uh, you know, then you've got all these Serbian band guys and drug lords and dodgy coppers, which is, you know, I play a bent policeman in it. Um, and I think it really, um, the, the whole caboodle and certainly the, what the reviews have said so far, Total Film and Empire, is it's it's not your typical sort of British gangster flick or your typical uh, urban um, action uh, thriller, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, uh, I've watched through the trailer and... Um from the trailer the the two films that kind of stuck out to me was sort of leon or karate kid and so so it's interesting you sort of say that but um yeah definitely i mean mo grew up um loving those types of films and and along with all the uh, marvel and dc um you know superhero films and he grew up uh, that's mo ali the director he grew up he grew up on on um on that estate so he used okay. to fa- fantasize about being, um, uh, you know, um, a superhero or a, a ninja on that estate. And then lo and behold, you know, we've created it in a British film. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's very cool. The, uh, um, how was Mo to work with? Cause, um, yeah, he- Mo, um, Mo's great. I mean, um, um, Mo's like, um, he's got a heart of gold, you know, but yeah. he's, he's also got a mind of steel. So when it actually came to um, shooting the film, you know, he knows what he wants. Yeah. Um, And we found ourselves like, you know, um, often happens with directors, you know, they know exactly what they want. Um, But it's a collaborative process. So, you know, I also once I knew and understood the character um, and, you know, I knew what my uh, character would or wouldn't do. So we found ourselves, you know, in that middle ground of compromise, uh, very often, you know, um, which was, which was, you know, absolutely cool. Um, but, um, he, he, uh, he does definitely have a mind of steel. Yeah. Um, but he's good. I mean, he knows, he knows that, um, that audience, if you like, you know, did shank and he's grown up around, you know, Noel Clarks and, um, yeah. you know, kid Hood and other hood type, um, Ben Drew, you know, he did like 150 music videos with, um, every single grime rapper, right. okay. spitter you'd ever, you've ever you know ever heard of. Yeah. Um, you know, Lethal Bizzle, Tinchy, yeah. you name it, Labyrinth, you name it. He he shot their music video, so he's kind of um, quite tuned into that audience. Um, and I think um, with the film, and certainly what the reviews have said, it's really geared towards, um, you know, it is Karate Kid meets Leon, but geared towards um, London, young London. Um, scallywags, if you like, or kids yeah. on the kids on the street, you know, kids that uh, um, sort of live um, by their wits and they're on the street, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see that um, that sort of um, 
background in a lot of the casting because I mean you've got Adam Deacon in there and Ashley Walters who are, are both of that sort of uh, background, aren't they? Because one's in, one's from Kid Alto, uh, Get Rich, Die Trying, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean they 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 have worked together uh, a lot and they're very well known. You know, I mean Adam Deacon has a group of uh, kids called the Deaconettes, um, <laughs> which is like his fan club. You know, and yeah. they're all on all on set, want autographs and photographs with him and stuff like that. So they're both um, have done very very well, very popular. But they're also they're they're, they're lovely guys. You know, as yeah. You know, their um, heads haven't gone up their bottoms, so yes. to speak. Um, you know, they're really welcoming and they've got a great chemistry together, um, you know, because they've done a few films together now. Yeah. So they're, they're pals, you know, they're like pals. Um, they've just done a shot of comedy together and oh, cool. this, that and the other. So they're good friends. But, they're, they're, and I, you know, at first I was sort of a little bit intimidated by it because Montana was my first sort of decent-sized part i had a cameo in a film called the rise with timothy spall right yeah and uh but montana was really my first um healthy sized cameo so i was kind of a rookie on set right um and i had um or i was i wasn't a rookie but i was the rookie in yeah. the pack if yeah. you like with, yeah. with, the, with, the, with the people around that i was acting with and so i was a little bit intimidated by them and uh you know it's low budget so there's no big trailers or anything we're all in a green room together yeah um or you're in and out of costume you know passing each other on on, on the way in and out yeah um and i was a little bit intimidated by him but then i but i was so um pleasantly surprised at how nice and um you know how fun they were i mean uh, ashley waters we must have spent 12 hours in a range rover one day <laughs> to, together yeah because the shoot wasn't going according to plan and um, there's a lot of waiting around on set anyway, as you, I'm sure you're aware. You, yeah. know, you, have to be, you have to be very patient. But it was also one of the coldest um, Februaries, I think, for 15 years. So we were actually freezing our nuts off. <laughs> and in between shoots, we were trying to stay in the Range Rover as much as possible, just more, more for health reasons than anything else. Yeah. And um, Ashley actually put me on Twitter. So oh, cool. I'd never, Yeah, I'd never been on Twitter before. So I think once, once we'd spent five hours talking about everything we possibly could we were then you know after playing i spy <laughs> we then we then got round to uh, to twitter so yeah so they're lovely guys what what's your twitter username do you remember uh at brad moore oh okay uh, that's uh, not sorry, at, at brad moore actor ah, brilliant okay brad moore actor, yeah. <laughs> people want to go and follow you there yeah. um you've also got um michelle farley in this movie as well uh, yeah, that's right. She's uh, Game of Thrones and, and 24, probably the thing she's known for best recently, I guess. Um, she's just done, done Philomena as well. Oh, of course, yes. She's brilliant, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, she's she's mostly, I think, the uh, you know, when we shot this film, she was number four on IMDb, right. which means, means she's the fourth most popular actor, yeah. actor on the planet at that time. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, quite um, as a rookie coming off of 24 short films yeah. and, a, and a few music videos, it was, um, it was also quite, um, you know, I had to step up to the plate with her yeah. um, because she was also, also exceptionally good um, and incredibly professional. Um, but yeah, she just slipped that girl's throat on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember back, yeah. you know, a year and a half ago, which sort of went viral. So she was she was just massive. Yeah, and uh, she flew in from promoting the premiere of Game of Thrones. I think it was in San Francisco or something. Yeah, and she flew in from that to um, absolutely slumming it, making her own tea in the green room on Montana, <laughs> um, which I, it is. Um, 
what's the word? Yeah, it's quite, which is which is what I love about low budget British films. Yeah, quite, yeah, it's quite quite poetic, you know. Yeah, um, and um, she, um, I thought, I really honestly thought that she didn't like me because she was talking to everyone. Yeah, um, and you know, getting on well with Mo and going through the script, making adjustments, and seemed to be friendly to everyone. And she didn't say a word to me. Didn't even look me in the eyes. Yeah, it was about two days, two or three days into that. Yeah, um, that I realised. Um, that uh, it wasn't that she didn't like me. She just wanted to keep her distance from me because she, she didn't want the, you know, the biorhythms or our undercurrent yeah. um, to warm to each other. Yes. So yeah. because if you watch the film, we hate each other. And I think it's quite apparent, you know, she's my nemesis. Yeah. She's brought in to kick my ass for one of the better. Yeah. Um, and I'm a bent cop who's fleecing everyone and, you know, very, very happy with the ecosystem that's going on. Yeah. Until our lead protagonist turns up and starts offing my drug dealers that are giving me money on a regular basis. I see, yeah. Yeah, so she's brought in to clear all of that up. And um, she just wanted this sort of um, abrasive uh, relationship to come through on, sc- on screen. Yeah. No, well, that, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it does. And um, it's very clever, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I actually wasn't that clever at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, mu- I'm much more clever now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then sort of day five we were at and, and uh, you know, we had a chat and, and made friends and um, got on really, really well. And I realised what she was doing. Um, but, I ne- but I never brought it up. <laughs> I think I was too, too scared she might slip my throat as well. So, yeah. Yes, she's quite, she can be quite a formidable kind of character on, on screen. She's, she's, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, there's a bit of that in her as well, you know, yeah. you, you can't, um, I mean, I've just played an absolute psycho in my first lead role, but just chopping back, I don't, you can't really deliver stuff authentically uh, on camera, unless you, especially on the big screen, I think you can hide on the little screen a little bit, but yeah. on the big, on the big screen, you can't deliver it authentically unless there's some of it in you somewhere. So you have to go and find it. So that sort of um, tough, um, you know, a, a lethal kind of uh, persona that she has. There's a bit of that in her for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I certainly uh, wouldn't want to be her bank manager telling her she's overdrawn. <laughs> <laughs> the the, uh, the other name that popped out for me was uh, Lars uh, Mikkelsen. The he's he's Danish and probably not that well known by name over here, but he's he's been in Borgen and and the killing. Mm. Um. He's, 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 uh, I think he's, he, well, he's very well known in Denmark. Yes. Because he's Danish and he's yeah. done obviously most of his career because he's been acting for a very long time. Um, he's very well known in Denmark and, um, his brother, Mads Mikkelsen, who is the bad guy in Casino Royale. Yes. Um, and also plays Hannibal at the moment. I didn't realize um, that was his brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's better known. Um, but, um, how can you put it? L- Lars is equally as talented and equally as brilliant an actor as Mads. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, Mads has just cracked Hollywood and, um, has that look that, uh, Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood would love, um, and do love. Um, and Lars has just beavered away, you know, doing Shakespeare in Danish most of his life, um, until the, the, the killing and these other hit series come, come by. He's actually got a, a, a very big part in a massive HBO series that I don't know if I'm still allowed to say it or not. No, okay. Um, so I could get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. But I'd it, leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> just just uh, in it's, case. It's, it's a big one. I'd just say, I'd say one thing. It's with Kevin Spacey. So that people can oh, guess what, go right. and guess where yes. it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, it's going to be in that. And he's 
It's just amazing. I mean, it, it, if you watch the film, his central performance really just shines through the film, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, 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 it is up there with Jean Reno and Leon, in my opinion, in terms of the, his ability. Yeah. Um, and it's a father-son story at the core. So um, the emotional content with uh, he and uh, little Mikel yeah. um, is really just uh, – it's uh, honestly as a cut above your your typical um, British gangster flick. You know, if you like performance and you like heartfelt drama, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's action. You know, there's like seventy seven uh, uh, drug dealers get offed <laughs> by the yeah. pair of them. So you know, there's a lot of kills for a, for a low budget film. Um, yeah. But I think the film really stands up because of um, what Mo um, brought out of these two uh, these two actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Lars, so, yeah, sorry, you asked me about Lars one year. He's a lovely guy. He's uh, just uh, everything you want from, um, you know, someone that you're uh, in a film with. So generous as a spirit and uh, and as a person, just um, really giving. I mean, you know, we had a lot of downtime in the green room again and he just, uh, you know, he loves his Shakespeare and he's one of them guys you can listen to for, for hours on end. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a raconteur but never never dull. Yeah, no, it's just brilliant. Yeah, um, you mentioned earlier you've just done your first lead role in a movie. What what was that? Yeah, I I, um, I was really lucky um, to be cast in this. I, it's um, the film's called Long Time Coming, and it's uh, directed by. It's actually called Long Time Coming North versus South because yeah. it's about two crime fam families or crime outfits. Uh, one that runs the whole of the north of England and the one that runs the whole of the south of England. Yeah. And they, they meet to uh, agree a truce. Um, and then I'm the main um, enforcer slash psychotic nutter called Garrett, Gary Little, right. who, who has a tremendous little man syndrome because I'm actually quite short myself, <laughs> five foot nine with heels on. And um, he, he um, doesn't want the truce and sees it as an opportunity to take over both families. So he starts... Uh, in sort of Machiavellian style, starts uh, killing people from both sides, his own people and the other side, so that the truce all kicks off. Yeah, um, I was I was looking at the, the the cast for this movie as well. I mean, it's uh, Freema Adjaman from Doctor Who, yeah, Bernard Hill, Stephen Burkoff, uh, yeah. Keith Allen, Greta Sarchi. It's a fairly yeah. good, pretty good cast go. Yeah, and I'm lead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, it was just. Um, I mean, five years ago when I started, decided I wanted to be an actor. Um, that would have been the dream come true, you know, yeah. to play lead in a one and a half million pound film with a cast like that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, to be honest, it did, it did me an enormous uh, justice because I really had to step up to the plate. You know, I yeah. couldn't turn up um, sort of unsure about the scene or the, the, the character or the, the dialogue or still in... Um, you know, in indecision about anything. I had to be, like, so on my game with the likes of Stephen Burkhoff and Keith Allen uh, breathing yeah. down my neck in the scene. Yeah. Um, and I watched it for the first time a couple of days ago, and I I, um, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I'm not saying I'm fantastic, because every, every, everyone is just brilliant in it. Brilliant. And um, it's, it reminded me of Layer Cake. It's like... Uh, it's oh, the, okay, I, yeah. I thought it was the best uh, crime thriller I've seen since Layer Cake. British crime thriller, you know, and then yeah. before before that, layer cake. I mean, apart from the Guy Ritchie stuff, which I think is brilliant as well, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's successful for a reason because it is brilliant, you know. Yeah. Um, but before that, Sexy Beast, I thought was the best British uh, great gang crime. Yeah, film that's a film, fantastic film. And then layer cake, and then I think I hope God, God willing, that this 
gets the respect it deserves because Steve Nesbitt, um, you'll be hearing more from him. He's a directorial talent. He's, he's like me, he's, he's not spring chicken, you know, both in our 40s and he's one of these directors that's done a, a hundred music videos and never been given the money to do a British uh, film with his pretty much his directorial debut. Yeah. Um, and he's smashed it out of the park. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. But I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's you've got like this French transvestite hitman that chases me around the country <laughs> for most of the film. So you know, you've got Bernard Hill and Stephen Burkoff are the opposing um, crime bosses. Right. Um, Bernard being north, you know, with his team, yeah. tweed jackets, da 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 da, and loads of money and. Um, uh, Stephen being the Cockney um, yeah. side of it, with me uh, on his right arm and Keith on his his left arm, and um, the maturity. You know, you, I mean, I don't want to name names, but there's some British gangster films that have definitely just ridden off the coattails of of some other films. Yeah, and you know, and there's been quite a bit of British exploitation with the Essex Boy murders and stuff like that, where they're literally exploitation movies with a few hundred grand, a couple of TV stars, and try and make a couple of quid. Yeah. And and, and they're often pretty rubbish, I think. Yeah. Um, and this um, is definitely not that. You know, it's uh, there's like a Romeo and Juliet story at the core um, with two actors. One's called Elliot Titsenzor, who's really um, co-lead with me. Right. So he, he and I are kind of the... Uh, you know the co-leads. Uh, he he being the co-protagonist and me being the the, the, the lead antagonist. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it's, it's, when he sees it, it's going to blow him away because he plays this little hero, um, inch perfect. And Charlotte Hope is from Game of Thrones. Um, she had a, uh, she's a newcomer. She hasn't done uh, bundles of work yet. She's some Game of Thrones work and this, that, and the other. Cool. Um, and she plays his love interest, and she, and she she smashed it out of the park. I mean, I may be biased, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you know, I, that's, it does sound, it does sound really kind of interesting. It'd be uh, be a good one to to watch out for that. Um, yeah, definitely. You you mentioned you you got into acting about five years ago, and you mentioned you're kind of forty. So, uh, what? How how did you? Or what were you doing before, and how did you end up kind of getting into acting? Yeah, well, I've been acting for five years. Um, I, um, you know, had different um, businesses and jobs, yeah. um, none of which, I mean, some of the businesses went okay and some of the jobs went okay, but n- none of which I ever felt really at home doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was uh, in finance largely, you know, investment finance, um, but I had a media publishing company and this, that and the other. Um, but none, none of it was, uh, I never really felt like I was where I should be. Yeah. Um, and approaching 40, what happened was when I was 10, I lived next door to uh, an actress called Pauline Quirk from Birds of a Feather. Oh, yeah. 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 And she, um, you know, we, she used to come back from drama school and want to carry on performing. Yeah. So she, we used to, you know, we were in these cobbled streets in Stamford Hill uh, in a place called Gibson Gardens. And we yeah. used to used to do a bit of acting on the street. Right. 
and she'd take us through games and she'd, she'd be the, uh, you know, lead the pack, if you like, be the yeah. coach. Um, and I kind of uh, never really, and I did a couple of school plays, and I think that feeling that you get, the buzz you get from performing, creating, being someone else and entertaining people and feeling good because of it, never really went anywhere. It stayed in me, it stayed in my heart somehow. Yeah. And, and then life gets in the way and you get a load of tough mates and you get an East End family that says you need to go out and make money. Yeah. Um, you know, and all of that stuff. And you just don't follow your dreams because your ego gets in the way as well. You know, you get you get sort of a bit of pride kicking around when you've got tough mates going on. And you don't necessarily want, the, you know, to don a pair of tights and, and play, you know, yeah. um, Macbeth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so I didn't didn't do it, and then, uh, but I always knew that I wanted to, and I always knew that I always sort of hoped that one day I would. Um, and then I got to about thirty seven, thirty eight, and it's I started feeling like Jesus. That you know, I'm in awe of these films and these comedians and these people so much. I've got to do it. And then I think what finally gave me the confidence is uh, I was about forty, and um, I, you know, the pub was my stage. I would make everyone laugh and, <laughs> and perform in the pub, you know, as, as a lot of people do. Yeah. Try and, you know, grab props or make some sort of some sort of theatrical um, evening. And my mates would get hours of fun out of it. Yeah. But really what it was was I was kind of it was a pseudo stage for me. You know, I was a frustrated performer. So getting to about 40, my son was, I think, around sort of five. And um, I, as every good parent does, we'd t- I'd tell him stories. Um, but I started really, you know, <laughs> getting into character and laying, <laughs> laying some of these voices and characters on quite thick yeah. in stories. And he would adore that. And he would also be playing some of the characters and things, you know. Um, <laughs> and I thought, Christ, you know, it kind of gave me the confidence to then go and perform. Yeah. Performing to my son, which yeah. as weird and, as that may seem, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I definitely am a bit nuts, I think. Um, and then I went and did two years stand up and then started, did a tiny bit of training as, as an actor, um, like literally nothing, <clears throat> I think 12 Sunday afternoons wow. um, in a, a brilliant workshop called uh, London Actors Workshop in Covent Garden. Cool. And, um, and then that was it. You know, the, the short films uh, sort of, uh, I started getting cast, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's it. It's crazy, isn't it? So you you did bits of stand up as well. Did two years of stand up up and down the country. Wow. Yeah. I, see, I, I always think stand up really takes balls because you know, yeah, it's quite a yeah. harsh environment to be working in. Well, do you know what? I thought I, I, I saw these. I thought if I go to drama school, um, I, it's three years of my life. Uh, you know, uh, that means I don't get to start till forty three. And I thought, you know, what better steep learning curve? And I've always loved comedians and I've always felt, you know, jealous of people that were brave enough to do it. Yeah. So I thought, what steeper learning curve than just to get up on stage and try and make people laugh? Yeah. So when it came to the short films with, you know, 15 crew standing around wanting you to act well, it was uh, incredibly easy compared to 100 people wanting you to perform badly yeah. <laughs> in stand-up. So it kind of, uh, you know, I guess everything happens for a reason, um, David. And yeah. uh, it, um, you know, it just helped me getting to a performance frame of mind, I think. So do you, I mean, uh, the film roles you, you're doing are the sort of, you know, East End kind of hard man sort of things. Do you, would you like to get some uh, some comedy roles um in sort of or some bigger comedy roles on on screen as well. Oh yeah, gotcha. I mean, I I, um, I just played uh, just did a shot a horror film in on an island in Essex called Writer's Retreat. 
Oh, and cool. uh, we're all stuck on the island for 20 hours a day. You can only get off the island by a causeway to the mainland four hours a day. Right. And the, the script is based around that. You know, obviously there's a killer. Um, everyone goes <laughs> to learn to write and then the killer starts killing people. And it's a whodunit-y type uh, horror, cerebral, yeah. cerebral horror. But I play a really, really nice guy, really, really lovely guy who's protective and um, he has a dark past and he feels guilty because of his dark past, but he's actually a genuinely lovely bloke. And I actually really struggled. I actually found it really, really <laughs> difficult because the past four or five guys I've played have just been horrible, evil <laughs> sods, you know. Yeah. So I was in the – you know, my skill level was how to find black thoughts, not how to have nice thoughts. Yeah. And um, so it took a bit of time to start uh, sort of finding that, that character. I'm not sure how, how good a job I did of that actually, but we'll see when we see it. But I find it much easier to play the bad guys than I do the, the, the good guys. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so, and I get cast. I think my look is, you know, I, I'm short and stocky and I've got that sort of uh, East Endy type face. So I think that's, that's where I'm going to uh, be cast because film is such a visual medium. Um, but um, I am also cast in a, um, a comedy opposite Brian Blessed and Bernard Hill. Awesome. Um, again, uh, in February, which is all about pensioners robbing banks. <laughs> and it's called it's called Golden Years, and uh, we shoot that at the end of Feb. So I play the I play the bad guy and a policeman, um, but it's a light-hearted comedic bad guy. Right. You know? Hopefully, it'll be a certificate twelve. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that. That sounds great. I I love Brian Blessed. <laughs> yeah, he's great, isn't he? Gordon's alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's hilarious. Every time he comes on a like, host, um, uh, have I got news for you or something like that? I, I just have to watch. I think he's fantastic. He's such a big personality as well, isn't he? Such yeah. A big, big voice and a great. I mean, he's one of our legends, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of our legends. Yeah. Um. There was. I noticed looking through your IMDb, uh, one of the films on there was The Search for Simon. Did you? Yeah, yeah. You did. Uh, see, I I reviewed that um, when it was when it was released. It's a very sweet kind of little, uh, great little film that I really enjoyed it. Um, Good. Uh, yeah, you, it's, I, it's, di it's different, isn't it? It's um, yeah. Ma Martin Gooch phoned me. I was shooting Montana. Okay. And, uh, you know, Martin so far has only had uh, very limited money to shoot his films. You know, he's made two feature films and he literally, you know, on the back of a cigarette packet, he makes yeah, his films, yeah. you know. And he phoned me because we're friends. We've met, uh, you know, known each other for three or four years since I came into acting. Yeah. And he said, you know, I've got a guy that I need you to play. He's a father. He's a bit boozy. He's a bit inappropriate. Um, and it's, you know, it's low budget. It's one day shoot. Would you come down and do it for me? I said, well... To be honest, Martin, you know, I'm in the middle of Montana. It's a big budget thing. You know, I'm a big kind of star now. <laughs> you know, I don't necessarily want to do the low budgets and the short film. And he said, well, if I could dream cast anyone, I would cast a young um, Oliver Reed. So I said, yeah, I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> so he, he, knew, he knew how to work me. And then uh, I don't know if you remember, but I'm in, all in flashback. I play yes, yeah, in flashback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's um, it's a, a a very very kind of um, it's funny and a very sweet little film. Although a lot of the casting, I do rather feel that he kind of walked into a comic con and just asked anybody he saw. <laughs> that, that's what Martin does because then he, he, he cast himself in the lead because he couldn't afford to pay anyone else. Yeah, no, um, and, and you, but know. you look through and and like the the cast in that movie's kind of if if you're into you know the your kind of British sci-fi, it's just a smorgasbord of like old British sci-fi people because it's like Sophie Aldridge. 
Lynch and uh, uh, Peter Thingy from um, uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide pops up in it. Yeah, um, I mean that's what Martin does. He, you know, in the, in the um, so you know, search for Simon. He 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 get you know he'll get Paul McGann, Leslie Phillips. You know, so all of these comic con um, yeah. kind of icons, yeah. um, and they'll come and all, they'll come and all work for him, and they'll do for literally nothing because he yeah. doesn't have because he doesn't have anything to pay them um, because they love his scripts, yeah. um, and basically uh, as I do, as do I, yeah. um, and basically they you know they call it kitchen sink weirdness. So yes. he kind of does these. <laughs> he's got his own um, his own sort of uh, style and his and his, his own signature. Yeah. Um, and I um, I've just championed the film with him that he's cast me in uh, to play kind of co lead a game called Alice on Mars, oh, right. um, which we hope to shoot next spring. Um, and I'm helping him with some of the uh, you know I'm exec producing to uh, uh, attempt to pull the film together. Um, but it's you know it's going to be um, you know I shouldn't say the exact budget, but it's going to be ten times what ever he's ever ever he's had before. Oh good. Um, you know so um, in terms of money. Yeah. Um, and it's a Victorian sci-fi, so it's, it's so him. It's unbelievable. You know, it's <laughs> kind of it's not steampunk, but you know, it's going down that, that yeah. road. If you like, we call it Victorian sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, Alice goes to Mars. Um, <laughs> and I, my character is this amazing guy called Baron voice. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a panto character, but with layers and, um, he, he, he's, uh, his strap line is, um, where others saw genocide, the Baron saw a business opportunity. <laughs> so he plays he plays Mars off against England and stuff like that. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah no, I think Martin is a cult filmmaker in the making. Is, yeah, is that, yeah. You know? No, I mean the it's it, that's the thing with with particularly with Search for Simon. The story actually is you know it is kind of quirky and, and funny, but it's also incredibly sweet. And and uh, I, you know, I I I would love to see something of his with a slightly bigger budget. So you know that that I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. Well, he, he, you know, he may. I, I think you don't mind me saying he he pulled that together for like twenty thousand pounds. Yeah, I um, mean, you know, I and and despite uh, despite that he's made a, a a perfectly you know nice and entertaining little film you know it hangs doesn't it it's the yeah. sto- because the story um survives that makes the film uh, yeah it hangs the, you know yeah sorry you yeah. know what i mean the story yeah, yeah. is the star you know yeah. the story is the star in the film and that's what martin does and he actually i think um for a non-actor um he did a pretty heartfelt job you know of uh, <laughs> you know Pulling people into the story yeah. via his um, uh, pain, and um, you know uh, he's uh, completely blinkered, isn't he? Can't see the wood for the trees in yes. the film. So, yeah. you know. um, but yeah, we um, well, he's you know he's going to have like uh, thirty times that amount of money to make his next film with. Oh, hopefully, that, that so that I'm um, definitely interested in seeing. So yeah, we should come come on set when we shoot it. <laughs> yeah, I would I'd love that. Come yeah, say that, hello, yeah. Yeah, that that would be very cool. And if you promise to give us a good review, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so what what are you doing immediately next? Um, I don't have anything um, until uh, at this stage. Nothing until February uh, okay. when, we sh- when we shoot the comedy. Well, that's a um, nice, nice little Christmas break, anyway. Yeah, exactly. But I've, but I have got the three films. You know, Montana's just out. 
yeah. um, out later uh, this 12th of December in the cinemas and uh, 19th of January on DVD. And then Long Time Coming and Writer's Retreat will be released next year as well. So I've got three coming out that I need to support and, you know, try yeah. to do, do as much um, promotional work as I can for them. Um, in terms of shooting, it's, um, you know, the um, – Golden Years with the pensioners robbing banks in February and uh, Alice on Mars, hopefully, sort of late spring or summer that year. Okay, that's very cool. Um, We've got one final question, which uh, we usually ask people, which is um, because we cover a lot of TV shows on the on the website. uh, Is there a uh, do you have a favorite TV show on either on at the moment or historically or something that you'd like to be in? Oh, God, that's uh, yeah, that's difficult. I, I did enjoy Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. I thought that was awesome. I've never been a big Doctor Who fan, yeah, um, which everyone loves. I think um, my um, favorite TV show of all time um, in the states would have been The Sopranos, which oh, I yeah, thought, yeah. Um, which was thought, and I was due to make a film with James Gand- Gandolfini. I was cast alongside him um, in a, in a film, which I was just you know yeah and a dream come true uh, just yeah. ecstatic about before he passed That's um, a real shame. And, and that film was put back which was a shame um but yeah the sopranos i think is the best you know it changed the game didn't it sopranos yeah. with tv yeah. you wouldn't have some of these big money and some of these big blockbusters had it not been for the success um you know the hbo and the sky yeah. shows have had it yeah. not been the success of, Pran- of the sopranos no absolutely um, but do you remember a TV miniseries called GBH with Robert Lindsay? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was my favourite. If, if you can get it on a box set, get that and watch that because Robert Lindsay's performance as he slowly, dete- as a politician who slowly deteriorates <laughs> yes. uh, into neurosis, a comedic neurosis is just sublime. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a few things for people to check out. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I don't think there's anyone on the planet that hasn't seen The Sopranos, is there? No, prob- so, probably not. I mean, it, you know, it's it's one of those shows like Breaking Bad or or, or um, you know, that that sort of thing that everybody seems to have, have uh, seen at this point. <laughs> point in time, yeah. I've not I've not managed to. I've just had a busy couple of years, and I've missed Breaking Bad. Missed me. I'm looking forward to some downtime and get that box set because yeah. everyone everyone raves about it so much. It's it's well worth uh, it's well worth doing. It's it, the, that's the sort of nice thing about that show as well is people are still picking it up you know they're kind of still discovering it you know yeah um but it's uh it's yeah, a good show. It's, good. It's, it's lovely when you fall in love with a show and you've got the box set yeah because you can it's, just keep watching it can't you yeah yeah it's those things that you kind of you get a box set or pull it up on netflix and it's and, it, and it's kind of there and you end up going oh I'll just watch another episode and then exactly you, like four episodes later you're still there totally i mean i um you know i don't do drugs but film is my drug yeah and and uh, if I need a fix, I put Apocalypse Now or Seven on, things yeah. like that, and just work or do something while it's on. I can just have it on in the background. It's like having a friend in the room chatting to me. Yeah. It's, um, it's uh, I find it, you know, or an alien, one of the aliens. I just find the production values and the stories are so um, gorgeous yeah. that it just sits there chatting to me and uh, soothes me. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, and uh, yeah, they are. I mean, a great box set. I was Band of Brothers. I was into for for a while and couldn't stop watching. You know, two and no, nine. That's it was like great. a drug. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a superb series. That brilliant. 
Yeah. All right. Um, I shall let you go because we've been on half an hour. So. Okay. Thanks very much for having All me. All right. Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for talking to me. Much appreciated, David. Good luck with everything. Cheers. Cheers. And you. Bye. Bye. 